Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to the Fatback 4 for this Sunday night. I'm Gavin with me. I have got Kev, I have got Keith, and I have got Emmett. Um, tonight is all about Darwin Nunes um, because it looks like Liverpool have got their man. Um, it's not a £100 million. People don't be able to, I don't know. It's just like a little sign, like a Euro sign or a pound sign, but we'll explain it all as we go. You're very welcome in the chat. Hit your comments in there. We read out as many as we can. Jake's a mister straight in. He says, I wonder if Keith will go and watch Nunes when we play Brentford. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Okay. Um, the fixtures are out on Wednesday or Thursday, so um, <coughs> I'm sure Keith will be disregarding Man City Hensing games. Yeah, Everton, Man United will be like, it's all about Brentford at home. Um, so we wait and see. Um, we're going to talk about the signing of Darwin Nunes, the price, where he fits, his stats, um, how we feel about it, um, how other clubs were looking at him, and Liverpool have got the job done. We're going to have a look at something Paul Joyce has written about it as well. Um, and we are going to talk about our golf day on Friday. I think it's important that we talk about it. We'll take 10 or 15 minutes at the end because it was a really good day. There was some really nice moments in the day and it went really, really well. So I have to talk, thank a fair few people, but I'll try to keep it as short as I can. Oh yeah, it'll be 25 minutes of me thanking people. Um, Keith, I'm going to come to you first. Yes. Darwin Nunes. Um, yes. Looks like it's signed, sealed and delivered for Liverpool. The chances are he'll be yeah. in Liverpool in the morning or he will get to Liverpool in the morning. He will, um, I think he's in Spain at the moment, but he's probably waiting on, yeah. on a visa clearance. Chances are he'll go, he'll arrive at Liverpool tomorrow morning. He will do a medical and it, sh- it could be announced as probably early, the afternoon, maybe the evening tomorrow, all things gone. But then again, it could run into Tuesday, but who gives a shit? Um, what do you make of this signing, Keith? Because most Liverpool fans are delighted with it, um, absolutely delighted with it, and some are not. I'm not saying disappointed is the wrong word, but a, a touch sceptical. Yeah, underwhelmed maybe. Uh, oh, I'm delighted with it. <laughs> I'm delighted. <laughs> South American forward comes to Liverpool. I'm all over that. Yeah. Um, this fella is deadly, right? And I think people are sceptical because you know it's a lot of money. You know, we always say this, you know, Liverpool have a sweet spot of around 30, 40 million and they do that best business in around that. They've only gone over that really. Naby, uh, Alisson and um, Virgil. So to see them going in here, I think that's what people are worried about because we get so many transfers right. I think people are a bit sketchy that a big one's going to go wrong. 
I don't think this one's going to go wrong. Do you know what I mean? I, I just don't think this one's going to go wrong. I think this fella has all the attributes. He's 22 years old. He has all the attributes to be an absolute superstar for us. And I think that's the key. I think Liverpool are looking at this. You know, people say, oh, why didn't we go for him? I've seen someone sorry, saying, why didn't we go for Haaland? Because he's cheaper. He's not cheaper. We all know the numbers uh, connected with that deal that make him not cheaper. But Liverpool are looking for the next player that's about to explode. They're looking for the next Haaland. They're looking for a player that, you know, he, he's got all the ability in the world but he's about to really blow up. And I think this fella fits the bill. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's quality. He's he's a great finisher. He's quick. You see these um, video compilation videos going around of him having a poxy touch. You can do that for any footballer in the world. He could literally make one for Messi. Wouldn't be a long one, but you could make one for Messi where he's, he's losing the ball, he's not controlling it. You can do it for anybody. You look at his positives. This fella, he's, what was he, the, the quickest speed in the Champions League this year he was recorded at having six foot two. Uh, 26 goals or something for um for Benfica this 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 young fella has it all and I think he's about to really explode now see great comparisons a lot of people you know look at saying he's very like Fernando Torres um he's very like Edison Cavani very like Luis Suarez and if these are the types of players that he's being compared with I think it's going to be exciting and and another key we don't need him to hit the ground running we don't need him to be in the team on the first day with all the pressure on him. Do you know what I mean? Because we've got players there, whether Sadio goes or not, we have a, a front line there that we can let this fella ease his way in. Not that things going to take him long, but really exciting. You know, people, I've seen some people in the chat there saying, I oh, keep probably seeing him when he was a kid playing in, in Uruguay. Funny you should mention that. I did see him as a kid. No, I, I didn't. I'm only messing. Um, but he's been a player that's been on a lot of radars for a few years now. Real Madrid were heavily linked with him. I think when he was at Almeria. And, you know, he's not just some flash in the pan that came out of nowhere. He's been he's been on radars for a few years now. So I'm really, really excited about this one. And I'm delighted that this is, you know, we could have gone down the route of a, an unknown quantity for 40 million, let's say. And look, people would say this guy is an unknown quantity. 64 million or whatever it turns out to be because I've seen a million different prices. That's that's a good, you know, that that's a show of faith that these think this fella is going to be absolute mustard. And I, I just, I think, I trust the club and the recruitment staff. And can we talk about Julian Ward in a while as well? Won't talk about him now, but can we talk about him and his role and all this as well? So there's, there's a few bits that we want to, want to go on about, but it just shows the scouting and the recruitment of the, of the club is just top notch and that's why I have faith that this one will work like I don't know when the next flop will be I don't think it's going to be this guy okay um no that's I think that's absolutely fair enough um Emma you know I think you're like me I think you've admitted to not seeing an awful lot of um of Nunes but you know at 64 million you know, people are kind of scoffing a little bit at it. You know, I was talking to United fan last night, and in fairness to United fan, he has he's been skeptical over this for the last couple of weeks. Even when United were were kind of um, when United were kind of linked, you know, that sort of way. Um, like, it's a it's a skepticism just because he's playing for Benfica. He's twenty two. Um, you know, we look at his stats in a little bit. Is that the, because you know? 
no, if Liverpool do really well, if he scores a lot of goals, we have to pay 85. I mean, is that where the scepticism is? Because for some people, it's just not the likes of a Haaland who's doing it in Germany and stuff like that. Do you just have to trust Klopp though? Because that's what all I keep bringing myself back to was trusting you. 100%. I, I have the, the same feeling as Keith. So let's let's have a look. I mean, Alisson was a, a good goalkeeper before we signed him. But he shipped five goals against us and we went out and paid £67 million for him. Do you know what I mean? So and he only had one season, Emmett. Sorry for cutting across you. He only had one yeah. season in Europe because he was two years at Roma, didn't play the fourth year, and that was his breakthrough year. Sorry yeah. for. And I think he, I think he actually only got in because uh, was it? Yes. Was yeah, it was injured, wasn't it? He got in at yeah, Roma, and then he went to. Um, went to but um, yeah, I think the skepticism is around about the price. If I'm from what I'm saying, and you mentioned Manchester United fans there, like it was like. The famous, we never wanted them anyway. And then all of a sudden, Ten Hag is on a flight to Portugal and they start getting excited again. Um, it's only, the, I think the scepticism with our, our uh, fans is the price. But if you look at what we've done in the past, so I think it was 54 million it was for Werner. And we obviously didn't, obviously we didn't want to pay that money up front or whatever. But I think, and I said this the other night, we put a value on a, on a, on a player. And if it goes above that value, we walk away. But I think it says an awful lot that we haven't walked away from this one. We didn't walk away from the Allison one, and we didn't walk away from the Van Dijk one. We actually walked away in one window and then came back for him. Um, so for me, like, yeah, I, I haven't seen that much of him. I've watched a, an awful lot more of him since we were uh, linked with him, and he looks absolutely unbelievable. He, to me, he's a cross between either Torres and Suarez or Cavani and Suarez. Um, big, strong... Like can be played in, like slide real passes, can run at defenders, can win headers. He, he seems to have absolutely everything. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna praise him as much as Keith does because I'd be going back on what I said the other day. I don't, I, I don't know that much about him, but from what I've seen, um, yeah, I think he, he, he has everything. He has all of the tools to be a success. But to answer your question. I think it's the it's the fee that has a lot of people skeptical. But if you look back at business that we've done in the past, we like it's not. I, I, we don't just roll the dice on someone. So there, there has been scouting done on this lad. There, it's it's obvious they obviously see him as being worth the money that they're about to spend on him. Um, otherwise, they would have walked away. Yeah, Kev. Like Paul Joyce, I've, I kind of follow Paul Joyce throughout this, to be honest. Because yeah. um, he, he only kind of speaks when he needs to. And £64 million initial fee, add-ons of £12.8 million on appearances and £8.5 million on team success. Uh, Liverpool preparing medical for tomorrow in expectation uh, for everything finalised today, which you know would, would point towards a medical tomorrow in Liverpool. Nunes yeah. currently in Madrid and would sign a six-year deal. I keep going back to it, right? And we look at the 64 million in a bit and, you know, the 12.8 million on appearances, fine. Um, 8.5 on team success. If the team, if you have to pay that, the team success means that he's probably won a league in the European Cup and yeah. he scored a lot of goals. Yeah, it's, it's a kind of, win, does, win. Its own, does its own job, doesn't it? Yeah. But Kev, do we, do we have to get away from, from the fee here? Like, should the main thing be, and and using evidence of the likes of Allison and using evidence of the likes of of Van Dijk, right? Where Liverpool want a player, and and even to a lesser extent Luis Diaz, 
when Liverpool want a player and Klopp wants a player, they will go and get him. And sometimes it'll be 40, and sometimes it'll be 50, and sometimes you have to commit 64 million and with a possible 85, but the 85 is paid because you're being successful. Do we have to get away from it here a little bit? Because I've seen fans of like Man City and stuff going, oh, look, they say they're on a shoestring and look at them buying this, and <laughs> that's not the point at all. The point is that they're spending the money that they generate themselves, not being given to by some sort of postcode um, or, or, you know, um, some letterbox somewhere in in some country do we have to get away from that Kevin we just have to look at Klopp wants this player it's quite clear he wants this player because they've gone you know very very close to would he be the third biggest sign in Liverpool's history I think up front anyway. yeah uh, he'd be the most he'd be the most expensive forward we've ever we've ever signed um if all pays out and you're paying the full 85 million pounds, he'd be the most expensive player the club has ever signed. I mean, you've got to look at the signing in a couple of ways, really. They'll have known that one of Sadio or Mo was going this summer. They'd have scouted him up the Yazoo. Everything that they need to know about him, they'll know about him. Everything from his character, they'll have asked, they'll, they'll have asked the likes of Luis Suarez. They'll have asked the likes of his previous coaches, his agent, you know, anyone who's worked with them in the past, the surgeon who'd done his knee off. They'll have they'll have gone into minuscule detail to look at this kid. Then you look at the actual player himself. You look at the attributes that he has. He's six foot two. He's strong, powerful, seriously quick. You'll have Robertson on one side, Trent on the other side, put the most crosses in of any fullback in the league. Now they're going to have someone to hit. You know, it's um, a six-year contract. They're showing extreme faith in this kid. So you get away from the fee because you look at what's coming in. Harry Wilson money's coming in this window. Gruich money's coming in this window because we didn't get it last time. Um, man is going. Tacky's going. Squat, you know, Sadio wants to go. Nunes replacing him. Tacky squad player, you've got people in the squad coming in to replace him. Is it really an outlay of 64 million plus? It's not. It's you're selling well to buy well. And that's how a good sustainable club runs. That's why you have youth systems. That's why you have academies so that you can sell these players and bring in the top quality brass that you need. The fact that, from what I've, if you believe what you read online, the fact that um, Klopp talked to him after the Benfica game, you know, and I would be amazed he didn't, you know, if this deal hasn't been in the pipeline for months, you know, this this didn't happen in the first of June, you know, they'll, they'll have been planning this for a good while. They'll have seen his progress throughout. While well, more than likely, they'll have seen this progress while we were scouting Diaz. You know, and by the way, if Sadio goes, we've probably got four or five targets in mind. He's coming to Anfield. Let's see how he goes. And then we'll talk to him. As Virgil, you know, what was he like to play against? He was a nightmare. You know, he scored He scored from the mistake that Kanate made. He took the chance well. You know, we talk about Alisson, how good he is 1v1. Nunes slotted it past him really, really well. They'll have asked the players who played against him, you know, what's he like? 
And everything that you hear out of him is this kid is going to be a star. So that's who you want. City went for Haaland. You know, if it wasn't for the buyout clause in Haaland contract, they would be paying a lot more, probably north of 100 million if it wasn't for that buyout clause. You know, but apparently Haaland has a buyout clause in this contract as well. Yeah. You know, 115 million. You know, so Haaland's career trajectory from the day he started football to the day he retires is already planned out, mapped out. We're looking at this kid for six years and hoping that if it works, because look, every transfer is a gamble, but if it works, you could be looking at a striker that's at the club for a decade and all for 64 million plus add-ons. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, and I, I, I want to kind of look where he fits in a minute. Um, if any of you have phones near where you are, just get them and fling them as far away from me as you can. I I, I would say you have them far en- enough away, but they're still come making some sort of noise there. Um, so let me just let me just run you through this um, article with um, Joyce. Uh, so I have it here, right? So we let, let's just scroll through it and pick up the bits from it. So... He says Liverpool expect to finalise a deal with Benfica worth an initial 64 million for Darwin Nunes today, with the striker set to begin a medical tomorrow. Julian Ward, Liverpool's director of football, has been in Portugal over the weekend to trash out the transfer, which could make the 22-year-old the most expensive player in the club's history. Could make, obviously, if, if all these fees are met. Liverpool will pay 75 million euros, 64 million pounds, for Nunes will afford a 12.8 million pounds potentially linking to appearances and 8.5 million based on forward forwards performing sorry based on the forward performing in a successful team Virgil van Dijk is at present Liverpool's record signing at 75 million after his move from Southampton in 2018 Nunes who did not feature in Uruguay's squad for yesterday's game at Panama is in Madrid and Liverpool are preparing for medical tests tests to start tomorrow this could uh, continue until Wednesday Ward has been in talks with Ruby Costa the Benfica president and Ruby Pedro Braz the Sporting director in an attempt to persuade the Portuguese club to lower their guaranteed asking price of 80 million euro and restructure add-ons of 20 million. This is now on the cusp of being achieved with Nunes' desire to play with Jurgen Klopp, meaning an auction did not develop with Manchester United also having been keen on the player. Personal terms on a six-year contract will not be a problem and the fact that Nunes will not be one of the highest earners in the club is a reason why Liverpool will pay such a, sorry, such a tr- significant transfer fee. I don't know what is happening to me tonight. Um, this, the Sunday Times understands that Klopp and Van Dijk played important roles in persuading Nunes to join, including direct conversation during April's Champions League quarterfinal between Benfica and Liverpool, in which he scored twice. Nunes is said to consider Klopp as one of the best coaches in the world, and Van Dijk is also impressed with Nunes that he named alongside Aguero, Messi, and Bappe and Erling Haaland as one of the most difficult opponents he has ever played against. Nunes former club and Miria are due to receive 20% of any profit above the 20.4 million that Benfica paid for him in 2020. Um, Keith, I'll come back to you. Yeah. Where he fits in in the squad, right? So, when I look at this, and I was trying to simplify it in my own mind the other day because I'm quite a simple person, right? I'm looking at it and I'm saying to myself, right, if Mane goes and Origi goes and Minamino goes, right, are we looking at them three out and Liverpool are literally willing to go, right, Nunes and um, Carvalho. Carvalho? Because I don't think that Diaz was Mane's replacement. 
All right. I think Diaz was going to be signed anyway. I think this guy is Origi's replacement. And I'm delighted at the fact of the quality he has, the goal scoring pedigree he has shown in bringing him in as Origi's replacement. All right. Um, Mane goes out. Origi goes out. Minamino looks like he's being linked with Monaco, Wolves, Leeds, Fulham, I think, as well. Is it a case of them just saying, right, Nunez, Carvalho, them three leave, them two come in, we have enough bodies there across what we can do? And also the fact that the type of player he is, Keith, he looks to me to be different to what we have already. Yeah, he's different to what we have <clears throat> in some ways, but in a lot of ways he's similar to Origi in the sense that he's a big tall fella, he's six foot two, he's really quick. You think he's a, a number nine central striker, but he actually does a lot of his work in the channels. He, I've seen him compared to Thierry Henry actually in something I was reading today which was a bit mad you know but he takes up them positions and he tries to come in off the wing uh, to great effect and I just think what he's going to do is he's not going to spend his time parked in the in the 18 yard box you know some people seem to think that that's what he's going to be and I don't think he is I think you're looking at a player here where let's say we start off a game with Diaz New, um, Nunes and Salah You'll see Salah playing through the middle at times with Nunes drifting to the left and Diaz to the right. And then you'll see them switching it around. I think he's a versatile player who will do a lot of moving. But we spoke last week on shows, I know uh, myself and Emmett were on, I don't know if Kev was on, where we were saying there could be a change of formation, a change of shape that the likes of Carvalho has played. And look, that's only at Fulham. He played off Mitrovic at all forward and he does a lot of his damage in there that he might go to a 4 2 3 one We don't know. I, we were saying, you know, 4 2 4 These sort of the change shifts in formation that these will allow us to do. So I think if you look at Origi and you look at Minamino, they'd know, they'd probably only three or four Premier League starts between them. Do you know what I mean? So you're losing those two lads out of the squad. Now, they did do damage in the cup competitions. We know that. But you're losing those two boys out of the squad. And Mane then is is the focal one of the focal points of our attack, of our team. You lose him. So, you think Nunes comes in as the direct Mane replacement to take up the bulk of his minutes. But then Carvalho comes in and he can take up the scraps of the other two. Do you know what I mean? Like It's not like we're losing... And look, Taki, top scorer in both of the cup competitions we won this year, but we all know we don't usually take them domestic cups seriously. And I don't think we'll be continuing that trade going forward of, of putting all our eggs into that basket because it took its toll. So I think you're all right to lose those three lads and replace them with just the two. I think there's enough game time and enough minutes. And again, we spoke about this shift to 4 2 3 1. If you play a 4 2 3 1, I know, I know it's fantasy stuff, you know, we don't know what they're going to do. But you could play, you know, Curtis Jones could play in one of the three. You know, you can get Harvey Elliott into the three. So there's there's loads of options that it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, a right winger, a left winger. It, you, you can put attacking midfielders in there and you can get games if you need it. It'll be interesting. I say all this, but I think Jorgen tends to stick with his own, his own ideas. But we said again during the night that there's always a tweak. Every season there's a small tweak somewhere whether it's shape, whether it's the way a player plays. We've seen Trent this year, for example, playing an awful lot centrally. Do you know what I mean? And little tweaks like that. So it'll be interesting to see how he deals with it. But I just think Nunes, as a target man, will get will gobble up chances. He's very good in the air. But I think you'll see a lot of his work coming in off channels. 
roasting players. He's so, so quick. People don't know how quick this fella is. He's fucking, he's a flyer, this fella. Emma, when I look at the makeup of, of what we have there at the minute, presuming Sadio Mane lives, right? Because all the all the noise is that he would live. Um but I look I look at the left hand side and I said to myself, right, Diaz, and I think Jota would be the second man in on the left hand side. And then if you went into the middle, you're looking at you could play Firmino, you can play Nunes, you can play Jota, right? And then outright, you're probably that's probably the one where you're looking going, it's just Salah at the minute. Now, I don't know. Carvalho can probably do a job there. Carvalho could probably do a job down the middle as a false nine. Um, he could probably do a job off the left. But do you think that would be it for Liverpool? Because, like, Origi, like I said, Mane looks like he'll go. Origi is gone. I think Minamino will go. Although, I would probably keep him. and keep Because I know where Keith's coming from where we mightn't look at the domestic cups as seriously this season. And it might hinder the likes of Minamino or even a Carvalho, right? But having said that, I kind of got comfortable going, like last season, going, right, Diaz, Mane, Jota, Firmino, Salah, you had Origi, you had Minamino. You had like you had so many players there that you could move around. And with the five subs coming in, you might find room for them. <laughs> Do you think it's enough? I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to be like, oh, uh, we've, we've let three go and we're only bringing two in. Do you think oh, can I throw one more in, Gav? Sorry yeah. for cutting across. Look, Oxlade-Chamberlain would have played a lot in the front three as well. Yeah. And if we think he's going to move on, you know, that's another option that's that's probably gone out of that front line as well. Yeah. Not that and everyone liked him there. but No, no, he has played there. And um, it's kind of where he got his chances at times, wasn't it, last season? Yeah. But, but Emma, like, is it just a case of we probably, while we used them last season, we probably had one too many. And he's probably settling on these three out, two in. And he's that's what he's comfortable with. Because as Keith said, you know, there's been links to Rafinha and stuff like that because you're looking going. If you're covering all those positions, one and two bodies each, you probably need one on, on the right. But this guy can kind of move across that front line. And it might just be enough. Yeah, um, we've seen Diaz play on the right as well. Now, he... he, he didn't seem to have his better games when he played on the right. He um, was only kind of came into the game a little bit when he switched back over to the left. But um, just on what Keith said, with the actual game time that Origi and Minamino actually played, between the two of them, they only had one start in the Premier League all season. Mm -hmm. So, well, I know I, uh, we said a couple of weeks back that you kind of got used to having so many options up top to the point where we were like, it's great. And if somebody breaks down or somebody gets injured, it's, you know, that there's more there. So not necessarily leaving ourselves light because you do have Elliot who you'd expect to see step up and then Carvalho who can play, um, up across the, the top as well. Um, I think with three out and two in, it could be okay. I think we could be okay. Um, I would say, and I hate going back to price as well, that, we probably didn't expect to pay what we're going to pay. And we maybe were looking to get midfielder and cover at the right back. Now, I know Ramsey is likely to come in as well. And that would be, well, people say it's cover at the right back. Um, but I think three out, two in, I think that's what we'll go with. I don't see him bringing in somebody else up front. And I think it will be okay. Even like looking at the, like Ox started nine games. So like between three of them, they actually only started 10 games. So we've now got Carvalho coming in and you would expect to see Elliot a little bit more this season as well. Elliot could probably do a job on the right. 
Yeah. Kate yeah. Gordon's getting a lot of love there. Yeah, the yeah, Kate Gordon's getting a lot of mention yeah. in the chat as yeah. well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I, like I said, two weeks ago, I was thinking maybe if if Mane goes that um, Anarigi and Minamino are going, that we would need to get back up to this the full complement again. But I think yeah, three out two in will probably be okay. Now I know there's plenty of people that won't think it's okay. Like when Lovren went and we didn't replace him, and uh, so when Genie went and we technically didn't replace him. Um, but um, yeah, no, I'd be happy enough with that, especially with what we've got in and what's coming through as well at the same time. Like he said, if you if you do change formation, you could have Jones playing across in that tree. And it, it's still on the screen there as well. Sam Tandy said, and I think somebody else said the other day. Uh, Keith said Carval- Carvalho played off Mitrovic, Jota played off Jimenez. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. he's uh, Sam saying Salah played off Jekyll. So there's a lot of different ways that we can actually play. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure whether we go four three three. I think there might be a, a change of formation, okay. um, which means uh, you you could also see Bobby kind of fall back in the team uh, and. Uh, Go drop into midfield to play kind of even like a ten, or him and Carvalho switching to play a ten role, um, in that tree behind uh, Nunes. So, yeah, no. and he's not the only person that can play up top. Even if, he, if even if they do go four two three one, Salah could play through the middle. Jota could play through the middle. Not just Nunes. You know? So, you've plenty of options. I think three out two wins is should be okay. Kev, the lads make no. great points about you know players playing different positions and, and different yeah. like, different formations. And I don't, I think, you know, Klopp, Klopp has no issue really in-game changing stuff he's doing. You know, we've seen him do 4 2 four at times where he's just gone, fuck this, and we're yeah. going for it. You know, we have we have seen him change formation in a game. And, and like, a lot of times we went and we play 4-3-3, three, three, but you see it's, it's very kind of, you know, you'll see players dropping into different positions at times. Like, it's... It is a four-three-three, but it's kind of fluid in the personnel the way they move yeah. around in it at times. And a four-two-three-one, I'm not against. I'm not against any formation for Liverpool once yeah. we go and win games. And Klopp is comfortable with it. But we look, we look at this player, and I just think he's something different, you know. And I know Keith saying, he, he, you know, you won't see him up front and heading goals, but he looks like like Jota looks like a a poacher to me, right? Yeah. And although he can play left, and he, when he plays left, he kind of plays an inside left. He doesn't like going mad wide, right? Yeah. But this guy looks like a finisher, right? Yeah. A finisher where he just needs it, but he can also run run off you, run behind you, and, and kill you. That's He's where the really difference with Jota is. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and the points the lads have made, like Emmett in particular, there are like 10 league starts between Minamino, was it Oxley Chamberlain, and um, Divo Corrigi. You know, this looks like a really pinpointed transfer that they're bringing in and they're saying, right, we, we have Jota who give him a chance, he'll score. You know what I mean? He'll play off the left. We have Salah, de- very, very decent in front of goal. I'm, I'm saying decent because, you know, when people bring up the stats of how many shots he has and goals and all this sort of shit. But, you know, um, you look at Firmino, makes things tick. Diaz just looks like he, he, I think he'll explode next season. But this guy is just something different for me, Kevin. And I, I agree with what Sam, Sam Tandy says there. I think there is a clear plan here. I think there's definitely a clear plan where they're going to look and say, right. And, and maybe a little bit of reaction to what City's done in, in Holland, 
where they've gone. Forget money. Haaland's gone in there to go in the box and they're just going to give him the chance and he wants to score. Because City missed quite a few chances. They don't have a killer. City are going to change the way they play next season. Yeah, well, they'll, they have, they'll to. have to. They'll have, have to. to but, yeah. but this might be a little bit of reaction to, to, to what City have done and gone. This could end up being an absolute brawl for goals. And it could be, but I, I still think we're one short. Um, Sadio leaving, the one thing that Sadio leaves when he goes, what he takes with him, is his reliability. He's always fit. Mm. He's always yeah, there. Show. And the crazy thing is, Nunes comes in, hits the ground running, fantastic. We're all delighted with life and we're patting ourselves on the back for a job well done. If he needs a settling in time, then you're looking at um, Jota has to be the main man. Bobby has to stay healthy. Diaz needs to chip in with goals. And I've said if three times. Mm. So, but what I would say I, for Jota is what what I would say for Jota is twenty nine goals and assists. Yeah, right, last months, season, yeah. right? Twenty one goals, eight assists, I think it was. And he did fall off towards the end of last season. But but I thought he looked so good when he played through the middle, Kev. Mm-hmm. You know? I watched him tonight for Portugal, and yeah. he came on in the second half, and he did everything but score. He was their best attacker, he, wasn't he? He was brilliant tonight, you know, mm-hmm. and he did everything but score. I've got absolute confidence in Jota as a nine. My, I'd love, I'd like us to look at another Divock Origi, a 17, 18 year old who can come in and your long term planning to have him be something in three or four years. Like Newcastle looking at um, Ekatike coming in from France. I think they're on about paying 30 million for him. Now, he's not pulled up any trees in France, but he's, he's decent. He's good, but he's a right age. He's, I think he's 18. You know, I'd love to see us take a punt on someone as a project as a project striker to have in around the first team and develop over time, just to have a backup, just to be safe. But how much development when, did he get, Kev? Because if you go, if, they, if, we, if we just if we put out a week inside in a League Cup game and we and we draw Chelsea away and we go out with that League Cup, and the similar happens in the FA Cup, mm-hmm. you've seen what the fringe players in the Premier League have got. You know, the sort of way we we seem yeah. to stick to. You know, as strong as we possibly can, and that's why I think I I get what you're saying, and, and it could be someone in the academy that comes in and go, you know what, he's coming in a bit like Kelleher and Jones have over the last couple of years, and being around the yeah. squad while not being in in games in an squad. awful lot, yeah. you know, the sort of way it could be something like that. But the the thing the thing that was said earlier about a clear plan, I think, makes loads of sense, Kev. Like, oh yeah, just just I loads think- of sense where. I'm not saying he has to play bang down the middle all the time. But I, I think Liverpool will look, although they score loads and loads of goals, I think they're looking for someone to make just that bit of a difference in a big game when a chance falls. And people are pointing you, towards cup finals where we haven't scored. The only thing you're looking at with um, Nunes is, we all, I've, we've all done it now. We've all gone on YouTube and looked at his compilations. I don't know what he's like off the ball. I don't want. I don't know what he's like. He's a hard impressive. worker. He's a grafter. He's good. Yeah, I hope so because um, if he's that big, that strong, and that quick, if he's able to press the ball as well and has game intelligence, we're quids in. I I hope he can stay healthy, and I'm worrying over nothing. But I'd be. That's the only thing that makes me nervous. It's not the fee. It's not even the, the knee injury that he's had because he's 
that's that's you know shit happens with younger players. That doesn't bother me so much. It's the fact that you in what you're losing in man is the dependability that you're going to get twenty goals a season every year. He's going to be there for forty plus games, and he's going to give you eight out of ten in virtually all of them. So you're not going to replace that on the cheap. <laughs> that's how, that's why we we're paying top dollar for this kid. But it does make me nervous. I, I can't lie. It, it is something that is always going to be in the back of my mind until we've seen him for six months. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just one of those things because we know that there is no bedding in period when you're trying to chase City at 95 points maybe next season that you don't get the luxury of having a couple of games off. You know, everyone's got to be on it from day one. And if you're going to bed him in, you've got the five subs to help, but you also need people to stay healthy and you need people in form at the right times. You need an awful lot to go for you, is all I'm worried about. Yeah, well, but but having said that, like, you could argue that City can't, can't see you afford to bed in Haaland. It's you the know, thing. City, I mean, City, City, I think, have. I think City have done the best bit of business I've seen in a long time in Julian Alvarez. Yeah, for me, and that's that, a good bit of business, but but he'll have to be better in as well. The other side of it is they're going to be selling players. The likes of apparently Sterling is looking to want to leave. Um, Gabriel Jesus is definitely. And Bernardo Silva you know, is being linked away, and so has um, yeah. Mares, which Gundogan I think is criminal, well. and Gundogan. But but what I'm but what I'm saying is like. Oh, if this fellow was a wide right player, right, I'd be going, oh, right, yeah. bet him in, you know, and then you're looking at astronomical numbers in Salah. But I think the fact that he's looks very clinical in front of goal, you know, the, I think it's very, I think it's easier to bet in a guy when all you want to do is just give him chances. Do you get me? Well, yeah. You know, and going back to a little bit to Luis Diaz from last season, when we went to bed him in, wasn't really betting in because Klopp was just kind of blown away by him. And we just played him on the fly, right? Which was a bigger risk, I think, than this, than than Nunes. And for the reason I'm saying that is because Diaz would have an awful lot more res- responsibility going the other way, um, ball in transition, um, what he's doing off the left, how he's linking with players. Whereas when you bring a player like this in, you could say to him, "Okay, you could play right and you could play left, but do you know what to do? Fuck him down the middle, right? Throw him down the middle and give him chances." And if he scores one, two, three in his first two or three games, the confidence flows. And while you're still playing on the fly, he's starting to develop a bit like Diaz, you know, the sort of way. Um, I'm really excited by it without seeing a hell of of a lot of them. But I just think that when it comes... As well, we're getting him early. You know, he's going to have a preseason. He's going to have a preseason. Yeah, yeah. He breaks through at Penarol. He goes through the youth ranks at Penarol. Comes into the first team. He's only like 18. He's he gets his few goals and Al Maria take him over to Spain in the second season. He's in there, he scores one and two for them. Now it's in the second division in, in Spain, it's not in um, La Liga, it's it's the second division. But he scores 16 goals. Now that's at a young age moving. I think he's only 20 at this point. He's moving to Spain. He hit the ground running, smacking in goals all over the place, and they love him there. They love him at Al Maria. He goes to Benfica. He's the record transfer fee for the Portuguese league, I think, at the time, in, and he's the record sale for the uh, Segunda in Spain. And he's every time he goes to Benfica, then it takes him a while to settle in at Benfica. He picks up a knock. 
And then this season, the season just gone as the second season, he's the top scorer. So what we're seeing there is we're seeing him making the leap every single time, right? So he's at Penarol for a, a full season. Yeah, I think he only gets something like, what, how many goals did he get at Penarol, did you say there? Four? Uh, 32 games, 16 goals. Yeah, right. No, that was at Almeria, was it? <laughs> was oh, Penarol, 16 games, four goals, one four assist. Goals. He, and he gets a hat-trick in one game at Penarol. So, like, it, it, if you look at it, you can say he's not the most prolific, but you have to take into consideration the age. And, you know, he's he's just making the leap every single time. And we said this about Luis Diaz as well. He makes the leap. He makes the leap. He goes to Liverpool. He's ready to rock. And that's what I think we're going to see with with um I think we have to ignore his numbers because his age, he'll be as played in Uruguay, played in Spain, played in Portugal. Now he's going to play in England. You know, he hasn't been in a comfort zone. Do you know that way? He's only at clubs for a short period of time and every time he improves. And I think that's why I think we're going to see this um, fella go through, um, go explode. Do you know what I mean? Because something Kev said about his, his work off the ball. I'd say the prerequisite for air scouting is what's that work like off the ball? Whether they're a centre forward or a goalkeeper, I'd say they want to know what are they like off the ball? And that's why I don't have a worry of seeing him. Just so I want to quickly talk about Julian Ward, right? So Julian Ward's his fourth summer as the, the main sporting director now. And it's his fourth big deal. He's still walking alongside Michael Edwards. Yeah, but he's sort of taking charge of it now, isn't he? Like Edwards is handing over the, mm, handing over the reins. Yeah, but he, this is all about Julian Ward. And Diaz is all Julian Ward as well, by the way. Julian Ward was a performance analyst for the Portuguese national team uh, about 15 years ago. Julian Ward went to Liverpool from Man City and his first job was the managing the scouting department for Spain and Portugal. Julian Ward speaks fluent Portuguese. Julian Ward knows the Portuguese league and he knows he's made good relationships and connections. That's why he goes and talks to Rui Costa and he goes to talk with Benfica. He can go to Porto and he can get deals done very quickly. You know, when the Luis Diaz thing happened very quick, Spurs thought he had him. Liverpool swooped in. Liverpool have a huge Portuguese connection there now. Jurgen Klopp has said it's the league he watches the most. He gets the most enjoyment out of the Portuguese league. We've got Pep Linders who coached over there at Porto, Vita Matos, who was coming in from Porto. I think we're going to see heavy recruitment from the Portuguese league. And, you know, people will scoff at the Portuguese league, but if you look at the amount of them that are in the Premier League now, Portuguese players, you've got Bruno Fernandes, you've got um, Bernardo Silva, you know, Fernandez came from Sporting Lisbon. Oh, he was in Italy before that. Bruno um, Bernardo Silva was at Benfica. Goes off to Monaco. These are good breeding grounds for players that are technically excellent, and they're all tough little fuckers as well. And even though um, you throw a Uruguayan into the mix, there a street ball or a fighter, I think he has all the all the ingredients now to come. So I'm not as worried. I think you know this the Julian Ward's. Uh, background i think he's convinced that this is the right fella for us you know this is the this is the lad who's going to take us to the next level and i just see nunez making that leap now whether it's 30 goals in his fourth season you know mo salah set a bad trend in that sense but even the likes of um the likes of jota coming in you know jota comes atletico madrid goes makes a few moves gets to Wolves, does okay. I remember doing a show on here when we signed Diogo Jota and a Wolves fan was on and he's like, mm, you know, I think he's good, but I don't think he's going to be that good for you. And the Wolves fans thought they rinsed us. But he made that jump, playing with better players, playing in a better environment. 
And I think Nunes will do the same. Not saying Benfica are a great team, you know, they only came toward in the league, but I just think there's a, a step up to be had by this fella and everything he's done in his career so far tells me he's going to do that step up. He's going to make that step up and I'm excited to see it happen. Okay. I think he's, I think he said it there when we're talking. It's, it's what did you say? It was one in, one in, one in every two games. Mm. But he's not played with a team with the quality that we have either. Yeah. So, like the, the people that are going to be creating the chances for him are a hell of a lot better than what he's played with before as well. And yeah. we said at the start, Trent and Robbo throwing balls in, and even Simicas. Simicas' yeah. delivery, I think, is nearly as good as Robbo's. It comes from deeper as well. So these are going to be the lads that are putting on a play for him. Um, so yeah, I, I think he will. I think he'll do well. Kev, um, you, you're not convinced by this. I know you're very upset by this transfer. Um, <laughs> people, th- people in the chat think you are, but you're not. You're just very realist. You're very, you're I'm realistic. Happy. What you think? No, you're happy, I'm happy but, but I'm nervous. Yeah, and, and come here. I want to come sp- back to it because I, I think yeah. you're. I think you're. I, I think you're bang on on what you're saying. You know, <clears throat> even if you look, if, even if you take away, you know, Salah's goals, some of them, he's so dependable. You know. Um, Firmino up to, to the last 18 months was really dependable I think he's picked up a couple of niggling injuries and and to be honest with you um, I wouldn't be surprised if you've seen Salah do the same in the next while because he's on that sort of time frame that Firmino's on where Firmino remember Firmino just kept playing football for about 5 years non-stop and then you see him breaking down a little bit I think you might see that with Mane and you might see that with Salah and that's absolutely understandable but I think your point about his reliability is huge you know like you said Sadio Mane over the season probably averages about somewhere between 7 and 8 out of 10 on average, you know, across the season. He will give you 20 goals in a season. There's no doubt about that. So we are looking for Diaz to step up and give us more goals. I think we're looking even for Jota to give us a few more. Firmino to be um, back in and, you know, even if Firmino throws in another 10 in the season, it's great stuff. But with this guy, Kev, and I keep coming back to it, I think this is the replacement. For Mane's goals, different positions, but I think it's. I think this is the replacement for Mane's goals because I think, um, from what I've seen of this fella, you just give him chances and he will score. You know what I mean? And I know I, I'm. I am in my own head, like literally live on this show, trying to calculate how many goals everyone scores and where you could where you could reimburse them throughout next season. But this fella just looks to me, and I get I get Keats you know, can play here, can play there, but he, to me, just looks like a fella that just wants to score goals, born to score. When you guys were, when we were all talking earlier on about how the the side is going to evolve, I think signing a number nine like him changes the transfer policy for the club for the next few years because of the type of player we're going to be signing. I honestly do think that we're going to change system. I can see us playing two up top or one up and one off. Um, I can see us playing two sixes or two centre mid, mids and going at teams a lot more and being a, braver again with um, trusting the centre-backs that we have. I can see us phasing out the third centre central midfielder. And I think a lot of that is due to signing a target man, six foot two centre forward, who gives you that option to change things that we just didn't have before. We've, if you look at the look at it, we've had one striker at the club. Bobby's a ten. Sadio's a winger. Diaz's a winger. Salah's a winger. 
Jota's a converted winger. We have Divock was a striker. We haven't had a proper number nine in a long, long time. And when you when you have one, it can give you different options to play in a different way. And that's the one thing that you got to look at as a positive, that he gives you so many options to turn draws into wins and put you in comfortable positions in games that we've been screaming out for. How many times have people in the chat been saying over the last, go and get a Harry Kane? Mm-hmm. This kid is a 22-year-old physical specimen that is a physical replica of Harry Kane, with, but with speed. You know, if you look at the two of them, they're both the same type of player, you know, physically wise, physicality wise, apart from Nunes has the pace to beat anyone. He's quicker than anything that I've ever seen in the that I've seen in this in the league. I don't think there's going to be many players that can touch him. And the one is good he thing fast? is he is that fast. He's, he's, the he's recorded in the Champions League. Yeah. He was the fastest player in the Champions League last season. When he played against us, I, I kind of seen him as really dangerous. You know, great positions. Picks up yeah, picks really up great positions, positions. Can strike a ball, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe he he didn't run beyond it, us an awful lot. I'm not too sure, but I just when thought, someone is when someone is that big, that night, yeah, yeah, yeah when but someone is, that's that probably big, they don't fifth down the list. His pace was was the thing that spy spotted. Yeah, but yeah. He, when someone is that tall, that big, that gangly, running with the ball, it doesn't look aesthetically pleasing. It's not like lo- looking at Luis Diaz when he's running with the ball, but he's a hell of a thing to try and stop him. And the best thing is he's going to be working, training against Virgil van Dijk day in, day out. He's got to, you know, you, you might try and get past Virgil, then Joel is there. And if you, you know, Ibu's there, you know, he's got to be working with these center forwards week in, week out. They're going to improve him just on that alone. And then he's going to have the likes of Thiago and whoever putting passes in for him. He's going to get better just as natural progression. He's 22 years old and he's just, every jump he's made, he's, he's made, he's made the leap. Hmm. And uh, the only hope, all we can hope for is fine. He stays fit, he stays healthy, and he kicks on. And our track record in the market is outstanding. It really is. People, but I think it changes the type of midfielder that we got to try and bring in later in the summer. <laughs> Andy O'Chill says, what game are you watching? Nunes were in spot our fullbacks as well as Canati several times. Listen, I'm not yeah. saying that he didn't, he, he didn't look quick. But one of the main, like, if I look at him, I think he's technically good. I think he's, he's strong, you know. He has got pace, but I'm I'm looking at him as a real kind of finisher in the box. Really cool in the box. I seen a clip earlier of a goal versus Porto. Comes over the shoulder, brilliant touch. His body positioning is excellent in order to take it inside the defender. Doesn't panic, passes it into the corner, right? And when I'm thinking of that, when I'm looking at him, that's what I'm thinking of. You know how technically good is you know the touch in the box, the the coolness of finish. You know how he gets at, he gets at defenders. I'm not saying he's slow. I'm just saying, out of all the whole package, I, I'm I'm I was a bit thrown back by people going, "Look how fucking fast he is." Maybe it's just the look of him. And when you're looking yeah. at him, you think he's just yeah. he's he's fast like a racehorse over the ground. But you see that with Virgil. I'm, I'm, Virgil not, I'm not going to give out that he's he fucking light and quick. I'm just yeah. I'm just not. Do you know what I mean? And Canate is one of the fastest centre backs. Oh, a monster of as well, and he was he was legging him. You know what I mean? So Sean, he said something there about Carvalho. He's, he feels people are all about Carvalho. Yeah. playing awful lot. So go on, Emma. I'm yeah. going to come to you because it I think there's going to be plenty of goals out of Carvalho. Yeah, I and think we're overlooking that. I wanted to um, I wanted to bring that up because maybe this is you know this isn't just a reaction to Man City. Like I said earlier, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is forward planning. Maybe this is looking and going, do you know what? This is our forward planning for when Firmino leaves the club. 
he's going to be bang down the middle, Jota the same, Carvalho off the left maybe, and Diaz down that. You have got Salah off the right, and if he doesn't sign a deal, you're probably going to have to sign one there. Um, if not, two, to, to double up on that side. But maybe this is a bit of forward planning, Emmett, where they say, do you know what? Um, we'll take the risk on Diaz and Carvalho, but we'll we'll plan for Firmino um, if he is to leave the club in the next 12 months, and we'll do this guy, and we'll do it early. Yeah, no, and I, I, I'm not sure if it's the, what if, if it's what Sean is saying, but I think Red Steve records are hating because he's because he's tall. Um, <laughs> not tall, not at all. Go on. Um, I think Carvalho is going to because we were saying where like, where do we replace the goals? But I I honestly think when I, I don't necessarily see him breaking into the team straight away, but when Carvalho gets into the team, he has that kind of a yeah I hate saying that he has that kind of Coutinho kind of look about him where. And I know I've been saying in WhatsApp groups and whatever, we don't seem to strike a ball from distance. We haven't done it in a long, long time. The only person that ever seems to do it is Ox, and he doesn't do it yeah. to great effect anymore. Um, and you look at Carvalho's, again, guilty of watching Carvalho's highlights, but he is that he is out on the left and he kind of he, he shifts it inside and he's shooting from outside of the box. I think if he gets into the team, he is going to chip in with his fair share of goals. But it is, I think it is forward plan. Look at the age of the, the players that we have. Yeah. And um, these are like, these are the, the pretenders to the throne. These are the, these are the guys that are going to pick up the mantle when we, if Bobby doesn't sign a, a new contract, if Salah doesn't stay, they're, they're there and they're bedding in, ready to take over from when they, they move on. But um, I wouldn't sleep on Carvalho. I would say, he's going to chip in with his fair share of goals as well. Probably more than what the midfield have this season mm. or any one midfielder has this season. Fran Dowling has hit the nail on the head for me. Um, and that's exactly, I should have just said this. He takes such a long stride when he's running. He doesn't look that quick on the eye, if that makes sense. That's what it is. Yeah. He eats ground, but it's long strides. You know, when you think of fellas with pace, you go back yeah. to look as far as Michael Owen, it, was, it wasn't big strides, but it was just, monstrous pace um, but listen I'm not against Carvalho um, I'm not against Carvalho getting loads of football because anything I've seen of him um, in the clips I've seen he does look quick um, he's strong for his size he does look to shift the ball in and shoot he makes great tall man runs I love yeah. that about him really good at the tall man run and um, he's he's very, very, well. very highly rated and, and listen if he's coming in the, the talk around Carvalho was if he was signing for Liverpool he wanted to know he was going to be in the first team squad he wasn't going to be one of those that he's seen in the f- for the future and two and three years down the line um, I want to go on and talk about the golf day in a minute but I have to ask this question because you know a lot of people in the chat have kind of mentioned it and Keith I'll come to you first because it's something you said to me yesterday I think it was and you said there's no way they're not doing a, a midfielder and the reason you you made was they're not going to go and look at many and realise that Real Madrid are paying 100 million and just decide oh we don't need a midfielder anymore let's sign a striker this obviously looks like it's been in the works and they're probably trying to do two of them fairly close to each other if all things have gone to plan so just on the midfielder because Shawnee's causing more than the chat here by going I don't think <laughs> another, another forward is. Um, I don't think another forward coming in is not viable so he reckons it could happen but just putting that to the side for a minute the midfield thing they're definitely looking at someone Keith because like you said they're not going to just switch their attention from midfield and decide to sign a number 9 instead 
everything about Liverpool in the last few years tells us that they're not reactionary like that. You know what I mean? Oh, we don't get the midfielder, a player who's like, you know, can cover at the six, but can play at the eight. We didn't get him. Let's spend all our money on a forward instead. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they, they have all this planned out. Sean, said it in the chat um, earlier on, like there's money there. The, 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 I think the, the, the idea that there's not money there, Liverpool have been, we say it all the time, right? building up for a big summer, building up for a big summer, war chest this, war chest that. It's always never the case. They're a self-sustainable you know, club. They do all that good work. But Jürgen Klopp signed this new contract. He approached the club and he asked for assurances that the squad rebuild, he can sort of do what he wants. Now, that, to me, doesn't just involve one forward in uh, an 18-year-old right back and a 19-year-old lad off Fulham on a on a trip, five million or whatever that, that worked out as. So I think there will be a midfielder brought in. I don't think it'll be Jude Bellingham, but I think I was saying to the night in the pub drunk, I think it will be Jude Bellingham, I can't remember. But <laughs> <laughs> you said I had a lot more than that, Yeah. Yeah, probably did, yeah. But no, no, I, I think Bellingham could be... I, I don't buy into the notion that they won't sell Hall in the Bellingham the one summer. Because does, does, the Bellingham, look, does the Bellingham thing throw you? Because if they're doing Nunes at 64, and they're, say, doing yeah. Shua many at 40, that's 104, 105 million quid, right? Plus... Uh, the youngster from Aberdeen. So you're looking at 110 million quid for the summer. Mm. Is that what's throwing you on Bellingham? Because they've spent the 65 on the forward, you don't think they go back in or say 80 on a Bellingham? Because it didn't look like part of the plan. Yeah. Because I mean, the it, LFC aficionados at Sangara, Sangara uh, uh, PSV, isn't he? Uh, 35 yeah. million buyout clause, beast he is, get him in. Does that make more sense to you simply walking the figures as to what you were looking for, Shio Many? Yeah, it does. Um, I, the, the, I keep twisting and turning on the Bellingham thing, whether it be this summer or next summer. I think their idea is to get Bellingham next summer. I think you look at Milner retiring next summer. I think Jordan Henderson will be that year older and he'll be more filling in in the Milner role. And I think, plus you'd have Thiago's a year older. For being, they're all getting on, but I think they would look at a Sangare this summer, that type of player, 35, 40 million and then do a big one on because next season we're going to have to replace Mo and Bobby as well. So what you might see next summer is a lot of money on Jude Bellingham and a 30, 40 million wide player. And I think it'll be the reverse of this season. I think, I think we'd be looking at a midfielder in that bracket and, a, and I think they'd be looking at a midfielder that can, that can play the more defensive side of it as well. You know, Bellingham's a very, he's a creative midfield player. He's, he, he's got a good engine on him. But I think, you know, too many, while he's, uh, as I say, he's a number eight, but he, he can do the defensive side of it handy enough. Sangare as well, defensive. He's, he's actually very similar to too many uh, in the sense that he is, he can do it all box to box, but he can do the defensive side. And I think you're looking at, if they can get a midfield player in, in that range that can do that job, then I think Bellingham next summer. You know, I think they'll look at doing Bellingham next the, summer. The only thing I would say on Bellingham is like that, you know, Bellingham has that £80 million buyout clause in his contract next summer, right? That's, that's being widely touted, right? The thing I would, and, and I keep making this point, and I, I completely get what you're saying. Shoe many was 35 to £40 million, and then it just went ridiculous. So I, 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 I agree with your theory of £40 million on Shoe many. 
you go and do Darwin Nunes, which is fine. And then what you do is you, you bring that plan into place next summer. Um, you know, Milner, Milner goes. You you have so many in there now. If say Ox leaves now, and then you bring in Bellingham next season, and Milner retires, right, or goes plays somewhere else. I a hundred percent get that, right. But my issue on Bellingham is, as much as he likes Liverpool and his father likes Liverpool and all this sort of stuff, set at eighty million next summer, it's not only Liverpool knocking on the door. It's a hundred percent not that, and we all know money talks, right. And if Joe Bellingham's... Now, listen, his advisor could be his father who says, no, look, you go to Liverpool. Forget them offering you 450 grand a week. You go to Liverpool. That could easily happen. But I think you're reducing your chances of getting Joe Bellingham if you wait till next summer, in my opinion. And I don't see why we can't switch it around and say to ourselves, we'll do Joe Bellingham at 90, right? Yeah. Now, I know this sounds like fancy football stuff and Gav's on football manager. But what I'm saying is, why well, can't you switch it around and go, do you know what? Put 90 in on them now. And we'll do the likes of a Sangara or someone similar next season at 35. That makes sense, no? Yeah, it could do. You know, and, and they could do that. You know, again, look, we only guess at what we think can happen and what, you know, we see has happened before. And, and I think we're all sort of, ex- we don't expect FSG to, to really pl- plunge a lot of money into the transfers. We, we sort of sell what we generate and we'll throw a little bit more in when needed, but we don't go mad. And I just think, you know, we could do Bellingham this summer. Uh, and again, you look at everything, the father, the brother, they all like anything that links this young fellow to Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? They all love the links to Liverpool. And I think there's loads of groundwork on in there that I think if it goes to next season, they'd, 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 they'd roll that dice saying, like, if you know you want to give him 250 a week or 300 a week or 350, wherever he gave Sancho, I think he'd see the mistakes that Sancho made. Now, Sancho could blow up. We all know that Sancho could be good, but it's not always about just going for the dollar. And I think, you know, if this kid wants to play for Klopp, and look, the fact that Klopp has signed on and, and he's, he's sort of given that stability that he's there for another few years, I think they could do it. And, and with... I think they'd know basically that look, we're gonna go for him next season. Money might talk, but he's gonna to come to us. But yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they done it. I wouldn't be surprised if they done it this year. And yeah. I'd, I'd be delighted if they did. The last I was convinced Bellingham for next year is basically done. John was saying, Gav, you keep you keep saying not only Liverpool will go for uh Bellingham next summer, has the Darwin deal not shown you that we have pulling power? I've no doubt we've pulling power. I've no doubt. But people are only human. Yeah. And if Liverpool walk up to Joe Bellingham next season go, we've we pay the eighty million and we give you two hundred grand a week. Right? That's fine. But genuinely, there's four or five clubs around that could just walk in and go, We'll pay it and we give you four hundred grand a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people are only human at the end of the day. And anything can happen and that really throws the cat amongst yeah. the pigeons when that happens. You know, there are other options of out there as well. I know there's yeah. other options out there, but Joe Bellingham for me Yeah, Bellingham would be the main one. It would be but the main one. Kev, um, Midfield wise, do you, do you see a chance in Bellingham this summer, or do you think would you go kind of around Keith's theory that you do one this summer, and maybe Bellingham is in the pipeline for next? I think someone someone will have to come in. Um, Sangare makes sense. He's not the quickest, but he's um, he's a good footballer, and he's really big and strong and powerful. But he wouldn't he wouldn't start. You know, Henderson would would start ahead of him. So would uh, Fabinho, nailed on. 
Nicola Barella is one that Klopp name dropped during the um, when he was missing for Inter Milan against us as one he was delighted not to be seen. Um, he'd be very interested. I'd be very interested in seeing what happens at Inter Milan because if they've got ambitions of re-signing Lukaku, holding on to Lataro Martinez and bringing in Paulo Dybala, I want to know how they're funding that. Are, is there a deal to be done there for to get Barella out of that club at a reasonable fee? Tonali Marcus from Milan is being minxed, linked as well. Marcus Lorente would be one I would be interested in. Uh, Atletico Madrid, well, yeah, a lot of dough, but a very good. He's player. older than you think as well, Marcus Lorente. Yeah, yeah. He's not a young player. But the, the, there's centre mids out there. There's not just I'm not I'm not on about jobbers. I'm on about really good quality centre mids. Pellegrini, another one. Um, I wouldn't be hanging everything on Bellingham, but if no. there's a possibility of doing it, I'd rather do it this season. And like you said, take the risk out of it because the talk is that PSG are getting are bombing out uh, Maurizio Pochettino this summer, and I would be a bit surprised to see them go big in for him as well. You know, I really wouldn't. They throw the kitchen sink at him, and they don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, financial fair play is no, it doesn't it makes no difference to what PSG will do, and they will throw everything at someone like him. You know, they, they missed out on Chiumeni as well. So, yeah, that's true. Red Jabby makes a great shout there and he says Conor Gallagher be good if Chelsea get Royce. I wonder yeah, how Conor much it would take. Really I wonder player. how much it would take to, to tempt Chelsea to sell to us Conor Gallagher because you see rumours of 30, 35 million. Say, look, there's 40 million. We'll take Conor Gallagher off your hands. Yeah. See if you We've can done get it with that. I know, I know. I'm not denying that there's plenty of players out there that you could deal with. I'm just saying the order in which you deal with them. Like Emma, you know, maybe there is something in the fact that they have kind of assurances with Bellingham and, you know, not assurances, but they've, they kind of have, you know, the, the, the word has kind of unofficially come their way that he would be extremely interested next season when that buyout clauses can be activated. But what way do you see it? You know, I think Ramsey from Aberdeen is being linked and I've seen talk that Aberdeen want more money or whatever it might be. But listen, that'll develop as it comes along. So we, we'll go with that. But just overall in midfield, what would your plan be? Um, I think if there, is, if there are insurances there for Bellingham next year, I'd leave them till next year because I think I'd like to see somebody that could maybe cover for Fabinho. We don't really have anybody other than Henderson yeah. to cover for Fabinho. Fabinho's probably... One of the first three names on your starting eleven, um, Van Dijk, Allison, Fabinho, for me anyway. Um, and if he's injured and he has been picking up injuries, and so has Henderson, um, who else plays that position? I know we have Milner, but like we're we're going up in the years every time you replace. So Fabinho is twenty eight, and you've got Henderson in his early thirties. Then you've got Milner, and we all know how you can be struck down by injuries. We saw it only two seasons ago with the with the defence. I would just like us to have something. It doesn't necessarily need to be a marquee player, but somebody that can play that kind of breaking up play, the, play the six role um, if Fabinho isn't there. Um, we have options going forward from midfield. We've Thiago, Keita will get forward. We've got Elliot. We've got Carvalho if he plays midfield or whether he plays up front. Um, we have kind of forward-thinking midfielders, but we don't really have much of a, in the way of defensive-minded midfielders, cover-wise. 
Um, so I would probably lean more towards what Keith said and saying uh, the likes of a Sangari. I know even less about him than I do about Nunes and Shumeni, but I'll go with Keith. He he knows his stuff. Um, I just think we need a, a little bit more defensive-minded midfielder, and it's the it's the only place that we've not really added to. And I think I said this the other night. We added Diaz to the front. We added Canate to the back. We've not really added anything more recently to the midfield. I know Thiago's he's coming up on two seasons now. So we haven't really added that to the midfield. And I would be more of a mind of adding something a little bit more defensive mm. into the midfield just for just for cover. Okay. Well, look, <clears throat> there'll be more news on Darwin Nunes tomorrow. Um, I think he will be in Liverpool tomorrow. I think the medical will happen tomorrow. And you never know, it could be announced tomorrow or it could be announced Tuesday. It could run into Wednesday, like Paul Joyce said. But I think um, I think you'll definitely see um, Darwin Nunes in Liverpool tomorrow either way. Um, the golf day. Now, loads of people will switch off now because we're talking about golf, but it's more than that, right? Um, I've loads of people to thank for the golf day. Um and I, I, I want to make a point of thanking them because without them, they, it, it wouldn't have really happened, you know, that sort of way. Um, first of all, it was a brilliant day. It was something that's been planned for, I don't know how many months now. I, I just have no concept of how long this has been planned for. <laughs> it was for. January. It might have been January, yeah. So it's yeah. five, five and a half months or whatever in, in the planning. Um, on Friday, we had got our golf day for Failicon that we haven't shut up about, or I haven't shut up about anyway, um, for five months. But we did have it on Friday. 28 players turned up at the golf club. Um, 28 players were treated really, really well at the golf club. Breakfasts and um, golf and food afterwards, drinks, prizes and stuff like that. And it was a brilliant, brilliant day. Um, everyone got on great. The weather tried its best to annoy us. Um, <laughs> I would drowned it on about four holes, I would say, and but then the sun came out and all sorts was going on. Very windy, but it was a really, really good day. Um, the day itself raised over a thousand euro for Felicon, which I have here that I have to lodge in the bank tomorrow and transfer to them. And um, we're expecting some of the donations in over the next couple of days, and that will bring us, yeah, around seven and a half thousand of our ten thousand target. Now I'm going to be honest. When we started this in January, I thought we'd have the 10,000 by the golf day. And then a couple of weeks ago, I didn't think we'd make 5,000 by the golf day. So to come out the back of the golf day with, you know, more or less 7,500 um, guaranteed is um, absolutely brilliant. We're in the last 25% now, I suppose. And we will keep pushing Failicon until we get to that 10,000. Um, the link is in the description to read about them. The link is also there to donate. And, you know, we'll keep going until we get to 10K. It's going to be huge. I was speaking to someone from Failicon the other day. They're absolutely thrilled with the money that was made out of the golf day. The, the total thing made three and a half thousand, I think. Um, on, you know, between the, the sponsorships and then on the day itself. So when it comes to thanking people, um, first of all, I want to thank the players for turning up and going through, I suppose, the, the weather that was there. Um, lads turned up that I've never met other lads before. Um, were put on teams with lads they've never met before. Had a great day. Everyone come off liking the course and um, continued chatting with the lads they played with and lads that they didn't even know just kept going right on late until the night and Keith's, um, <laughs> Keith's playlist turned up that we'll talk about in a minute. But just just on just on, on, on sponsors for the day, and if I forget anyone, I apologise. If you're in the chat and I don't mention you and you have sponsored or, or given a prize, whatever it might be, um, I apologise because there's just been so, so many, right? So I want to thank um, 
the sponsors for the day, so they sponsored holes, they sponsored um, nearest the pin, longest drives, stuff like that. And there was people that gave prize as well. But the Anfield Unbearables podcast, uh, that's Ben, who's in Dubai. Um, they sponsored Dingle Distillery, sponsored a couple of holes. You had um, uh, one of Andy's uh, WhatsApp groups uh, sponsored two. Um, one is a whiskey group, which is amazing. Um, and one is... Where they all talk football, apparently. So they they sponsored two holes as well. The Irish Poker Open sponsored a hole. Um, Pat Panacer, um of this parish in the chat, as we know, uh, Pat Benatar, um, yeah. he sponsored. Smart Flooring sponsored. Uh, the Bohemian Foundation sponsored. We sponsored a hole. Um, the McDonald family um, uh, was guard that's in the chat here and he's in our Telegram. He sponsored stuff. Uh, Jer Green sponsored. Um, uh, Jer is part of Falecon, um, and he sponsored as well. Um, a guy called Mick Conway from Australia got on to me. He sponsored a hole, which was unbelievable. Um, Davos' father sponsored a hole. Um, this is Anfield Ireland uh, that Emma has something to do with. They sponsored. Ray Dicko sponsored. Um, CMC Installations. Um, Shane and Annette Davern, his wife, and they sponsored a uh, long drive. Um, Dara Fahey, um, can't stand us on the day trip, which makes fun of us all the time, but uh, he sponsored uh, <laughs> a nearest to pin. Laura Duffy sponsored a nearest to pin. And then, you know, something there was prizes, and you know, um, we got four balls from my valley down in Kildare, um, from a guy that I speak to off Twitter. Um, we got Stuff for Bray Golf Club, we got stuff for Ashbourne Golf Club, we got um Push Stu Davis come over from um, Manchester. I have a nice little story about him in a minute. But he sponsored oh, no. he sponsored <laughs> bottles of whiskey. Um there was there was um another guy from Carlo who sent us up a lovely bottle of cognac. There was champagne, there was there was lovely stuff. There was a lovely moment during the, the raffle as well. I have to give a shout out to Brian O'Sullivan, um, who's 26 year old dairy farmer from Kilkenny that listens to the show, turned up on his own, got stuck in straight away talking to the lads, really good golfer by all, by all accounts as well. He wins a hundred euro cash and hands it back to the young girl that was doing the draw. It was, a, it's actually uh, my friend's daughter. Um, he hands the euro, hundred euro back to her. The girl didn't know what was going on. She literally turned up to buy some tickets and walked away a hundred quid richer. Um, Stu Davis from Manchester wins a four ball doesn't play golf doesn't live in Ireland and another a mate of Davos stands up and says I'll give you a hundred quid for it this guy doesn't even play golf either but he buys for a hundred quid to go to the charity um, you know and then gives it away to Davos so him and his mates can go and play as well um, Stephen um, came down and helped me I think Stephen's up in Navan um, Stephen Murphy um, got on to me during the week said do you need any help I said yeah he came down brilliant selling all the tickets for us um, sold all the tickets in the bar sold tickets afterwards everything he was brilliant all day helping us out I even got my own wife to come down and be calling out the tea times and having everyone ready <coughs> and um, that was brilliant as well uh, James Foley says there well done to all involved it was a great day it, it really was and, and you know what I said in the lead up to it I actually said probably two points into it afterwards I said I'm not doing this again no way um, but I am going to and we are going to we're going to come back next year our target is probably 40 players next year um, Keith will have to do another playlist but to see it all come together to see people having a good time um, putting their hand in their pocket 
to see a golf club treat us so well from start to finish. Like a guy from the club come up and welcomed us all as part of a society, told us all about the club, told us what to watch, what to do this, what you know, giving us little tips and tricks for around the course. I don't know how much they were used, to be perfectly honest with you. But um to have that as well, the bar staff were unbelievable. Um all the food done fresh as you know, as as lads came in drinks whenever we needed them we didn't have to go looking for anybody for drinks and um, the guys in the pro shop helped me massively in the run-up to it with prizes and setting up the course and nothing was a problem and um steve murphy says glad to help um it was a great day it really really was david lennon is in the chat there he won one of the long drives and was absolutely robbed in the second one i won't have it uh, how anyone drove by him on that 12th hole is beyond me um but look we are going to come back and do it next year because not only did it was it a great day for charity, but it was great to meet, you know, lads that I haven't seen in a while. Um, it was great for lads to do this podcast. Emma hadn't met a load of lads. He stayed and had a few drinks. Um, Just a few. Yeah, yeah lads. <laughs> but, 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 but lads that would listen to the show or watch the show came up, got involved. You know, um, one the, the lad that owns the local centre shop donated all the water and chocolate and stuff like that. He played on the day as well. Um, it was just brilliant. And... We're definitely going to do it again, and I'm going to make sure there's more players there. I'm going to make sure there's more people that contribute to this podcast are there, and we make a real, real day of it again. Um, but do you know what? Um, it couldn't have went any better. So for anybody that's donated so far in any way, for anybody that helped me in the run-up to it, for anybody that helped us on the day, um, uh, donated prizes, bought tickets, had a drink, had a laugh, and listen to Keith about his playlist. Um, I want to thank you, and we want to thank you from um, the bottom of our hearts. And we will get to the 10K. And when we get to the 10K, we'll make a massive change in for Failicon, and we'll move on to something else. And we'll give as much effort to that as we have done to this. We done a tweet the other day where we said we talk about football, but charity is our priority, and that's the truth. Um, you know, it just it brings so much to the podcast helping. Uh, people and organisations like this but it also brings so much to people that they feel they can come out and play around the golf and have a drink with us and there's no kind of you know oh we're over here and you're over there everyone mixed in and had a great day Um, Keith your playlist (laughs) yeah because um, you weren't at the golf day you turned up later because you were walking yeah which was sound Um, I told you your playlist was ready the guy stuck on the playlist and you spent I would say five to six hours telling people about every song that was on that playlist. Copies of Mount Guinness. Did you have a night? Yeah, a great night. Yeah, a great night. I don't know if anyone actually heard the playlist because they just heard me saying, isn't that a great playlist? Yeah. We made that playlist. What a playlist that is. And people would be like, what's on this fucking playlist? So put it this way. If you don't like the Eurythmics or you don't like Erasure or you don't like the Pesh Mode, you probably wouldn't have liked the playlist. However, if you do like all that stuff, it was great. Loads of singing, loads of merriment. What more can you ask for? Do you know? Now, one issue I did have, Gav, when you were doing the raffle, you let the playlist go on, you just lowered it down. So we missed out on Prince and we missed out on the House Man. <laughs> so okay. we missed out on a few blades. Take a note of next year, Keith. We missed out on some <laughs> proper bangers because you laden didn't you didn't turn it off. But look, I'll let you away with that because you, you had a long day and you did mm. put in a lot of graft. But uh, yeah, some great music in it. Great music. I thought I made the whole day personally and but you know, that's just me. <laughs> so above above the golf, the field, the drinks, yeah. um and the making of money, you reckon the playlist was the, the highlight. Yeah. And probably the most important thing of the day. 
Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all anyone was talking about. You got to die on that hill, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> it wasn't the highlight of the day, but... Right, what was the highlight of the day? The highlight of the day was the raffle. Right. And the aforementioned Stuart Davis. Oh, mate. So anyone that doesn't know... <laughs> Can I tell you a little Stuart... story about Stuart Davis? Tell us a story about Stuart. So Stuart Davis has been over with us, um, and he's done a show in the in the, in the studio. I'm nearly sick. Yeah, I was on that. He did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was on okay. that. It was one of the first ones that I was Right, on. so... He messages me. I'm on the golf course on Thursday, and he messages me, and he said, "I'm flying over for this golf day. Doesn't play golf. I'm flying over. Do you want any duty free smokes?" Um. So, I said, "No, you're all right. Are you coming over?" He said, "Yeah." So, um, he arrives over. He comes in. He has a few drinks, having a great time. But one of the prizes was like three lights for the outside of your house. Right. Really good ones now. I know they're really good ones because I know the make, right? And he wins it and he gets handed this light and he doesn't know what's going on. Right? <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on. And then when he just when he gets the light, they go, Oh no, that's not it. And he thought he was getting something else. He brought it out under the two. So <laughs> Stu Stu Davis had to go back to Manchester on a flight the next morning with his hand luggage and three big lights that you'd hang outside your house. <laughs> like, literally drilled to the house. Like, they're not hanging lights, they're like proper fittings. Yeah. And he's there's just a the picture pub. on the, there's a picture up, isn't there, of them with yeah, the three lights? Yeah, we have a picture somewhere. Was that online? And, I don't know small, if it's online. But it's but funny, it's... I was sitting beside him when it was happening and he says to me, he goes, no, I'm going to win that fucking light. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> ah, <laughs> he did, okay. Okay. But, um, yeah, look, it was a great night. The few drinks. There was there was a uh, Gar McDonald uh, turned up. Um, he helped us with the players' prize and the donation towards that, which was brilliant. His two brothers yeah. turned up. The three of them were about twenty five foot. Um, yeah. Between the three of them combined, they were massive. When the three of them walked in the pub, we thought, "What is going on here?" But three of the nicest <laughs> fellas, three nicer fellas, you wouldn't me. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, Emma, that was probably your first time around the lads. Um, yeah. You haven't played golf in a long time, but. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was brilliant. From the, from the minute we arrived at Ashbourne, when I did text at five past ten to make sure that yeah. it definitely was Ashbourne uh, Golf Club. But from the minute I arrived and I walked in and you were sitting there and there was a point of Guinness been put in front of you and I thought, oh, that's the type of day it's going to be, is it? Yeah. So I had one myself. It was absolutely gorgeous. So I had another. And I uh, went out. And if I'm, I hadn't played golf in over two years but if I'm ever playing golf again, I'm definitely going to make sure that it's scrambled because I was li- my balls are going left and right and I wasn't even going looking for them. I was just going, fuck it, I'm going to hit it from where he's landing anyway. Mm. And it was just, uh, yeah, that was the most enjoyable day of golf, I have to say, I've ever had. And I'm not just saying that. But, um, yeah, so, uh, and then even when we got back, I, I've been to these things before and, like, your options are chicken karma or chicken curry. Like, the, the burger and the chips in the golf club was unbelievable. Like, and you could tell it was cooked fresh. It wasn't reheats or anything like yeah, that. It was, beautiful. it was absolutely lovely. Now, I'd say they were left with an awful load of uh, chicken curry because I think everybody had a burger when I was looking <laughs> around. Um, but uh, And then, yeah, like you said, people were kind of sitting at their own tables and that. And then people got up and started talking to each other. You came over to us. So I then went over, was chatting to Andy. And we made, went down to the, the uh, Ashbourne Hotel and... Uh, yeah, Keith's playlist. Uh, I'd never met Keith before, except for on podcasts. And when I arrived, he was singing, and but he was drinking out of a Guinness Zero Zero glass. And I'm thinking to myself, is he that actually drinking fucking Guinness Zero Zero? <laughs> and I actually said it to him. I said, "Are you drinking Zero Zero? And he said, "No, no, no. This is real Guinness." But 
All I could say is he was waltzing around the place like Cindy Lauper singing his 80s songs. And I have to say, he's a much better singer in person than he, you hear on the podcast. I don't think he actually oh, oh, oh. belts it out. I don't yeah. think he actually belts it out as much on the pod mm. as he does uh, in Ned's bar the other night. But I have to say, it was absolutely brilliant. And before coming on here, I said it. I was afraid because I went, even though James came with me, James and Darren Meany and Dara Spain, who was a mank, he came with us. He actually won one of the closest to the pins as well. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. He thought lads had been filling it in on the card because when we got there, he was 30-odd feet away from the pin and there was nothing on the piece of paper. It was a soggy piece of paper on the ground. I said, just put your fucking name on it. So it turns out he won it. But um, none of those lads could stick around, so I was kind of left on my own. And when I went down, I thought, oh, I hope I'm not sitting here and kind of left me on the voices and the couldn't have been further from the truth. I'd never met Paddy Lawson before in my life. It was like I'd known him all of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everybody, not just Paddy, like, do you know what I mean? And it was just brilliant. I didn't I didn't want it to end, if I'm being perfectly honest, but people kind of started fading away. Gar and his two brothers were off down to some nightclub or whatever they tried. My dad sitting outside, he came over to collect me. And Gar's trying to drag me down to a nightclub. I said, no, nah, listen, I have to go home. But um, it was absolutely brilliant. And I will definitely be... First name on the list the next time you're doing it. And mm. I think more people, if you didn't get involved this time around, you should definitely get involved. It was absolutely brilliant day from start to finish. So. I think next year it'll be, it'll definitely happen again. But I think it'll obviously, more than likely, well, it will be for a different charity or a different fundraising event. But we'll put as much effort into it as, as we have this, this year. Um, we, will, we will make it bigger next year because I think the people that play it will go away. There wasn't all Liverpool fans there by any means. But people that would go away would say, you know what, that was brilliant. Um, the atmosphere all day. Um, the laugh we had, you know, was so easy going to the club or so easy going and the way they, they looked after us. So I think people will get on it and go, you know, I'm not missing that next year. You know, and 40 players is our target next year. We could end up with more than that. We could end up with less, but, but just how it goes. But I think it's something that after seeing the success of it on Friday, I think it's something that we'd probably make a yearly event of. Um, we might move it from where we had it this year, although it was perfect where we were. We might move it. We'll, we wait and see, but um, it was absolutely brilliant. Dylan O'Rourke Portugal said, well, got mentioned, didn't it? Yeah, um, <laughs> Portugal's being mentioned. Um, I want to do Scotland, but everyone says, no, it just rains there, but it has the best golf courses in the world, so why wouldn't you? But um, David Lennon's blamed the captain of his team. That was Veranda Cheers, uh, wasn't <laughs> me. Um, so, look, it was absolutely brilliant. Kev, um, you have to be there next year. Yeah, it's in your contract. Um, yeah. But I'll get my passport and my vaccination started and we come up car. Yeah, and you come up in car. But, <laughs> but Kev, like, you know, you weren't there at, 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 on Friday, but you, you've seen the feedback from it, from lads that have played in it, from lads you've spoken yeah. to. And it's, it's just it, brilliant to go and, and do a day like that. It's, it's unbelievable. It's always going to be amazing, especially when everyone is in the chat tonight was here when you first announced the, the ch- what the charity was. And there was a big, remember, it was like, we've got to announce something and it's something brand new for the channel. And then you announced it on the night. So everyone who's been here has seen this culmination of from day one up to Friday. And they were in the chat on Friday night and Shawnee come in. The chat on the show with uh, myself and Chris and Luke, the two Lukes on Friday night, and told us how much he'd raised. And everyone, we were all out. Like, wow, you know that that was unreal. The the fact that you were able to get over you know a thousand euro on a day, on top of everything else, there was the fact that we're three quarters of the way there. 
with however long it takes to get to 10K. It's phenomenal effort. And it's due to the work that you guys are doing, the work that you're doing, and everyone else is contributing to it, and the fact that everyone in the chat feels ownership of it as well. It's just a great community effort, and everyone is involved. You know, whether it's the fivers or the tenors, the sharing it online, to what you're doing in organizing it all. It's brilliant. And to be able to to do it on this platform is is phenomenal. It's great. I, no one else does this. You know, and when, when you guys do it, when we do it, we do it really well and everyone gets involved. I'm really proud to say that, you know, any small part that anyone, one person does in this is brilliant. You know, it's, it's something to be really proud of. It, do you know what? It was... Like Dylan says, it was a proper day. He enjoyed it from start to finish. Brian O'Sullivan carried his team in the golf, but non-stop laughing through the rain and everything else. Fran Dowling well, says, farmer, Fran Dowling says, Jesus, is the living room nightclub still going in Ashbourne? It's not, Fran. <laughs> Jesus Christ, there's a throwback. Um, but it's not. Uh, Dylan O'Rourke says, uh, Paddy Lawson was a gentleman. Um, pleasure to chat to you. All the Lawsons are. Trust me. Ah, they're, yeah. all, they're all a pleasure to chat to you. Um, but you know what? We will come back for it next year. We will try to get 40 players and, and we have players out there that Emma hasn't played in two years you know some fellas don't really play golf but they come out and play it and, and there was good players with players that don't really play but nobody gave out nobody said oh I mean, you know whatever it might be they just went out and played and I told them all before we left the golf the, the course or, or the, the bar to go out and play I said look there's all the rules but go out and enjoy it don't take it too seriously. Go out and have a laugh with four people, you know, slagging each other because they're not very good or whatever it might be and enjoy it and come back and we'll enjoy the rest of the day. And that's exactly what they've done. There wasn't one person out of order in any way on the whole day. There wasn't one person that had one issue that came and was awkward in any way. There wasn't one person that was left out. There wasn't one person that probably felt awkward. That Everyone spoke to everyone and, and you know what, that was the biggest thing. Um, there was... That was the biggest thing for me to... I sat back at one stage before we gave out the prizes. I was sitting there, my wife was there, my daughter was there. My daughter was making money off people as well, which is ridiculous. Hustling. She was getting handed money, hustling. And I just sat back at one stage point and looked around and everyone was just mingling, talking, having a laugh. Um, the drinks were flowing. The food was finished. And you know what? People nearly forgot about the prizes. You know, they really did. And it was, um, it was absolutely brilliant. And next year we will come back with it. Um, we'll invite people to play. We'll, we'll have 40 spots. And listen, if it, if you don't play golf, just find out where the drink is after us and join us. Keith will have a whopper playlist because he's not allowed to use this one next year. And we'll all have a I'm drink. We'll all have a laugh. We'll all give away prizes. We'll that, send pri- that, that playlist needs to find its way into that Telegram group. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll get it for you, no problem. Well, it's um, on Spotify, you know. It's, yeah. Stick it for anyone. <laughs> but, um, can, I, can I just thank one more person? Because you won't thank yourself. Oh, no, I don't want to thank yourself. No, like no. No, no. I, no, like no. I know you don't like it, but you, you put it all together. I know you had yeah. people helping you in that. But, like, you've gone through everybody else and thanked them. But, like, a lot of it is down to you as well. So, yeah. look, you've reached out to me about this podcast as well. So I'd like to thank you for even in, inviting me onto this. Do you know what I mean? It's I wouldn't have been there only for the podcast. So, well done. It was an absolutely smashing day from start to finish. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah. It was. And be very proud. You know what? Yeah, I put a lot of work into it, but so did loads of other people in the background. And the be- raising the money is great. It's like it's brilliant. It's the main thing, despite what Keith says about his playlist. But we, Yeah, we make the differ on this one. Yeah, we do. Um, but, but, but just uh, genuinely, 
watching people in the bar before on the tea afterwards you know having food having a drink going to going to pub um and just looking at lads sitting around that have never met each other like chatting away yeah. as if they knew each other years was was probably the highlight for me um apart from obviously the money that was raised uh dylan o'rourke says the breakfast breakfast back before the golf was elite tomato relish a tasty surprise um we did tell we did tell everyone about uh, Dylan's story about the kind of way was on the plane when the woman with the nut allergy showed up and everyone was in bits <laughs> laughing. But um, look, it was it was a fantastic day. I know we've, we've taken up way too much of time talking about it, but it, it really needs to be said. Only right. Uh, yeah. No, it really needs to be said how how good everyone was on the day. And, you know, from from players to helpers to, to staff in the golf club, staff in the pub, um, how generous people were with their, with their money as well. I had one guy walk up to me wasn't involved in the golf day, just wasn't involved, was sitting down at the end of the bar having his dinner, walked up to me, put 50 euro in my hand and said, I don't really want any tickets, just put that in for whatever you're doing because he's all looking like he's having a great time. So um, that's that's the sort of day it was. So look, um, that has been the Fatback 4 for tonight. The rest of the week, uh, winners and losers tomorrow, um, the transfer show will be on Tuesday. I'm recording an audio thing on Wednesday, which I done last week with Matt, um, it was excellent, Matt yeah. Gale yeah, from really, Canada. Really that does be on the viewers' voice. It's all it's on all your podcast stuff there as well. So it's not on YouTube. It's on all your podcast apps. Go and check that out. Um, Thursday, nothing. I'm playing golf. Friday, um, sports unplugged, and then we get back to it again next week. Um, Kev, anything else before we go? No, that's it. Hopefully, we get this Nunes one wrapped up, and we can all start looking at midfielders for the rest of the summer. Good stuff. Good stuff. Emma, anything else before we go? No, same as Kev. I think it was mentioned earlier on. It's great that he's coming in early rather than middle of August, you know, and having to bed in then. He's going to get a pre-season, so looking forward to it. Good stuff. Keith, anything else before we go? I think we should have uh, another night out soon. doesn't have to be another the next year's golf day, but okay. the Trippers band, we get the Trippers band up and running and we'll just meet should in that be our next somewhere team? and have a sing-song. I was thinking about this. No, no, this is what I'm thinking about. The golf thing's definitely happening next year. Yeah. But should we target between now now and Christmas a night out but people have to bring their instruments and we'll just have a fucking right laugh for it? Yeah, why not? Okay, that's what we do. Like the night after the Anfield rap lads were over and we went into the Boozer on Leeson Street and it was just a free-for-all ballad type thing where they all had banjos and all. They could play them, granted. We can't. But I think that's what we should target. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, no I think worries. we should target that. So if the, we can bring instruments, and if we're crap at them, we can have a sing song. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. Right, that has been the fat back four. Thanks a million for joining us. Um, as I said, loads of shows coming this week. Talk to you in a bit. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.